Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. And all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to Grown Men Watch This Shit. We do. We still do after uh, that manic weekend in LA and all of the the crazy wrestling we watched, as your earbuds may have just heard if you have listened to our last episode. But we're still alive. Uh, I mean, I, I think I am, despite some, some niggling uh, post-travel injuries that I was just uh, discussing with you, my friend, uh, before we started the show. But uh, how, how are you, Jeremy? Uh, I am well. I, I, too, came back from L.A. or my trip scarred uh permanently actually on my end and I, I technically i paid somebody to do it so yeah you can't get too too sympathetic i got a new tattoo Ooh. as some may have seen uh it was so my, cool actually it, it just healed up pretty much almost all the way and i was you know me as you've known chris i'm rather anxious so the whole time i'm like oh i think I'm, i think it's fucked up but now <laughs> that it's pretty much wait it's pretty so, much healed it, so like you're you're watching the dude do the tattoo and you're like oh he totally fucked this he's he's fucked this up no, right now not that okay not that okay. no when i looked at it after it was done finished product good deal but i was worried the healing process may have somehow uh, uh you know fucked up the quality of the tattoo or tattoo uh but it looks good it looks great and right. yeah i'm really enjoying it this couple more days i'll probably be totally healed up outside of that please go on we decided not to you to regale me of the story of your hand injury until we were on air. So please, it was what funny. To your hand? Like for our listeners at home, we we do our little like before start recording. What's up? What's up? Has it been? Chat. But we have to like restrict ourselves to not talk about stuff that would be good for the show. <laughs> so it's so weird yeah, we... and awkward. It's like you start talking about something, then you have to cut yourself off. And you're like, no, no, this would be good for the show. Yeah, shut up, shut up. Go on. All right, so now I need to hear it. What's what's up with the hand, dude? Yeah, Were you I, high-fiving I, too much with all the ladies down at the roller derby meet? <laughs> oh, there was some high-fiving done. That must be it. That must be it, damn it. But uh, before we go into that, I wanted to make mention of the, the tattoo. I, I hope that you haven't – I told you the story when I like almost severely fucked up mine on a hot dog stand, didn't I? Uh, no, actually, fuck, let's hear this. What? Well, Go on. Yeah, yeah, and for our listeners as well. Uh, so when I was in New York last time, I got a um, red uh, blue panther panther tattoo uh, with a lucha mask from a very talented artist in Brooklyn uh, called Stephanie Tamez. Uh, look her up if you ever need uh, good work done in that area. And I was so fucking stoked with it, like a lot of like real solid black ink, real heavy. You know, took took a fair while, as like you know, Still your looks Panthers. Good. Well, almost. I mean, it's probably me just fucking in my own head because I know the the bit that got fucked up. Um, but yes. yeah, then I went to uh, ROH show, uh, one of their like uh, super card shows that they used to run at that ballpark, the MCU, MCU field, I think, where the Cyclones play. Um, oh, you saw an open. Baseball park show, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. It was, it was weird. Like, the crowd vibes weren't as good 
given the spread outedness of a, a ballpark. Sure. And I think it was a bit less attended than some of their more successful prior ones. But it was it was still great. We got to see a fucking um Shibata versus Kylo Riley match, which you look back on now and you're like, Whoa, you know. That, um, yeah, that's that was really a special cool. thing to be part of. Uh, but yeah, long story short, um, I was ordering a hot dog at a ballpark stand and I was like fumbling around to get my fucking money up because I didn't have a, a sweet fanny pack uh, like I do now. <laughs> <laughs> and Thank I, you, John Kraft. Yeah, yeah. Great idea all around. Uh, we all we all got uh, fanny packs and it was, it was excellent. I've still got mine proudly upstairs there. Uh, but yeah, I, I was fumbling around getting my shit out and I like jammed my forearm against like the, the steel bit of the um, the hot dog stand and straight away I'm like, oh, that's like right in the fucking middle of my tattoo when it's like right in that real tender stage of healing and yeah, it got uh, this fucked up like little scar on the, the Panthers sort of butt. Uh, so hopefully... Uh, with the WrestleMania weekend this uh, this coming next year in uh, in York, I can go back to Stephanie, get something else done, and she can give me a little bit of a touch up. But yeah, you you didn't uh, encounter any dangerous hot dog stands with your tattoo, did you, sir? No, no, sir. I mean, there was plenty of dangerous wrestling fans. The only real risk to my tattoo for the more excuse me the majority of the weekend was you, because you were sitting right next to me, just yeah. bumping into the thing. But yeah. hey, outside of that, all good, all good. Um, uh, but let's go on about the hand. Let's yeah, go. so the hand. So um, uh, the, the flight back from L.A., uh, I did it via Hong Kong again. Had a delightful fucking stopover in Hong Kong, mind you. But um, the, the trip from L.A. to Hong Kong, I was like so just dead uh, by the time I got on that, that flight in um, Atlanta. And I was, oh, you, you should talk to Courtney about it. I was like on just like death's door of being like unresponsive and just like motor skills were quite challenging at this point and just it was a bad scene. Uh, so I was, I was almost falling asleep standing up while waiting to get on the flight. So then I get on the, the, the flight. I managed. I was scared I was going to fall asleep while waiting in line and then I was going to miss my flight despite being at the fucking gate. Um, but I made it on there and then safe to say I was like asleep before we even took off on that flight and I must've like fallen asleep in a weird position and you know, like fucking, uh, economy travel, um, where you were really limited in space and they have these annoying friggin', um, plastic arm rests that are in no way nice. And I must've like had my elbow in a weird position on, on this armrest and just been sleeping on it for like 10 hours or whatever. And then I wake up and got like pins and needles in my hand, which I get mm-hmm. for, uh, quite a bit from just normal sleeping. I think it might be like a, a remnant of my wrestling days where I had like a whole bunch of bone chips in my elbow. Um, but yeah, then I'm in Hong Kong and I'm like really struggling to even use chopsticks to like pick up these fucking dumplings. I'm like, this isn't good. This is a bit more severe than normal. And then um, it, it does subside a little bit to where I can use my hand and motor functions are pretty normal. But now still like two weeks out, um, I've still got like numbness along the side of my hand and my, my fingers, which isn't isn't Fuck good. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, aside from a potential uh, nice little lawsuit against Cathay Pacific, I may just have to <laughs> <laughs> deal with this fucking uh, numbness in my hand now. I don't know. I've, I've had a scan. They did like a, what are they, like a baby scan in my hand, of my elbow. Like a CT or a CAT scan kind of? No, nah, where, where they do like the, the lubed up baby gimmick on your elbow. 
Oh, uh, what's it called? The fucking damn it! <laughs> Here's two men who've never had babies. Uh, <laughs> but we should know because it's not like you need to know. Ultrasound. Yeah, there you go. I think they I they try to do to they try to do more of the ultrasounds these days than the X-rays and such. I mean, I guess X-ray wouldn't be relevant in this Good scenario because it's soft tissue. But I think they they go for a bit more of that to avoid you know the extra radiation and such. Yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently there's there's no like obvious damage from the the scan that they did. But it's a it's an ongoing deal, and hopefully it just fixes itself. As uh, I think that's the the wrestler approach to everything. You know, just don't take any actual action. It's a male approach. It's a male approach for most situations, honestly. Like, guys, like, well, is it not my penis? And I don't have much to worry about, I guess. I'll be all right. Yeah, dick's all good. Yep. All right. Wait, hang on. And even if it's your dick, it's like, how long can I work with what's going on before I have to go see what's going on? Yeah. Because I've been on the lamp, too, myself. I fucking... uh, it could be potential gout issues, but also it could just be I'm a big fat goofball. But my Achilles for the last week has been killing me. So it's been like a, a real labor to walk around. Whoa. And I, I can only sum it up to being either A, a overindulgent son of a bitch, or B, a fucking lazy son of a bitch who gets injured just walking around. But I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm a lazy son of a bitch, so it's got to be something medical. Yeah. But yeah, dude, fucking Achilles, man. The Achilles heel. It truly is a fucking bastard. Certainly. Certainly is. <laughs> uh, well, from from one male to another, I hope that just sorts itself out and you don't have to take any Indeed. actual action. <laughs> exactly. Doctor, it seems to be okay now. Am I okay? <laughs> yeah, that's $300. Oh, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the man. real reason, man. You know, Courtney is definitely going to be listening to this part of the podcast right now, just like fucking. Yeah, she has a build out. Pulling her hairs out. Yeah, she she is not <laughs> a fan of my um, general response to. Let's just put my head in the sand and see if it fixes itself up. Understood. Well, mm. I uh, I must ask because I am a vain motherfucker, and you rarely get to meet someone's girlfriend who's your international friend when she comes to your country to visit and has to deal with you and all your like-minded nincompoops <laughs> how was uh Courtney's experience with me as an individual was, was i too much was i too weird uh overwhelming too much of an asshole uh let's get a basic summation because my ego needs to hear this <laughs> yes okay so let's just level here i'm gonna take all the nicety out of it and just go just fucking <laughs> You know, <laughs> balls out. Uh, no, she thought you were fucking delightful, man. <laughs> Excellent. I, I felt the same. I, I, the whole time she's just being herself, and I'm just enjoying all the moments of her and the coupleness, like you and her interacting. I'm like, I, I see the interaction. Like she's, she's like, oh my god, this idiot that I love <laughs> with all my heart. Look at him as she's staring at you, and I just like, it's adorable and awesome. And I love the fact that she didn't give a fuck. She just. Especially, uh, I haven't listened to it yet, and I probably, I, I'll get around to it, but her interjecting on the interview uh, while <laughs> yeah, a bit on the podcast was like, oh, great, it, like, fantastic. I, she was unaware she was being recorded, I believe, so that made it uh, more candid, but yeah, I, she's delightful. Courtney, if you're listening to this, Aww. please still be mean to us, but you're, you're a very, very delightful young lady. I, um, yeah, I, I do quite enjoy the 
the the fun uh, ball busting sort of uh, relationship there with that kind of stuff. And I, and I really John, like. John, John the, misunderstood it. Like she's not being funny. She it, it, <laughs> it is a derision. She's she's <laughs> she hates it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John uh, John just thought that Courtney shoot hated our podcast and just really. <laughs> <laughs> scathingly uh, letting us know how much she hates it just because of bitterness and ill feelings. No. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of that. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But, but also, yeah, yeah, I'm like, she didn't, she didn't turn at, that down uh, for the, you guys. I Thank God. I, <laughs> I Be real. I try to be as real as possible. But yeah. uh, I'm actually staring currently at the container of Vegemite, which I don't believe I snuck into my fanny pack. But ended up in my fanny pack. Indeed. Uh, and, and looking, I'm looking at it right now. I will, so I know I'm supposed to do toasts and mix it with butter, or just straight put this bitch on by itself. All right, all right. So everyone out there, especially all of our Americano uh, listeners, uh, so the we we made sure to bring some Aussie treats over for for John and um, and Jeremy. Uh, Courtney actually and brought Courtney. a whole bunch of candy over. And, oh, excuse me, Whitney as well. Oh, and Whitney, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you guys got the Tim Tams. Uh, you got the, what else was there? Musk sticks. Musk sticks, yes. The cherry tart, or the same cherry chocolate, son cherry, of a bitch with cherry coconut. Cherry ripe. Cherry ripe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, turns out uh, Jeremy not that fond of sweets. So a lot of but those. I gave it a go. I gave it yeah, a go. you gave it a right crack. <laughs> thank you and um i mean uh what so of those uh again which was the least uh disappointing i guess <laughs> the least the least offensive was the must sticks believe it or not which sounded the most offensive it, mm. <laughs> really like if you like can you, just you capture spe- an old man's scent and put it into a candy <laughs> yeah yeah there's actually some old cologne that was something musk and people are probably screaming it whoever listens or maybe not i don't know uh but so yeah like an old spice some, thing yeah something like that but it's like a green hey let me you know what i can google let me take a look musk cologne one moment sir but yeah so the sticks were these pink things but labeled musk and i imagine do you think they come from uh like the beaver uh you know how they use beaver anal glands as raspberry what? flavoring and shit like did you not know that i had no idea of this oh dude gross then i i apologize for telling you most raspberry flavoring or a lot of artificial flavoring comes from beaver anal glands i don't shit. know how somebody discovered that this is a good artificial flavoring <laughs> <laughs> like that's a like, pretty good visual beaver, yeah, like, <laughs> wait a minute holy that is fucking ra- Dude, come over here. This is raspberry beaver asshole. Like, I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> just uh, some some dude one day, you know. I'm just just over here eating some beaver ass and fucking raspberry. Who would have thought? <laughs> I can't figure out the cologne, but yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know if they use it so much anymore, but it used to be one of those natural additives because they try to keep it natural. Mm. Beaver ass tastes like raspberries. If you're ever curious. Damn. Oh my god, how the things get... you know. Our show goes to weird places probably because of me i like it i like it i i, I really like, enjoy I these like extended uh extended periods of just ramble talking about nothing to do with wrestling 
it's quite well, good. I just want to say it was fantastic to see you. Uh, great to meet your your lady. She was a delight. Uh, Miss Whitney was also delightful. I, I I feel she might have been a little bit more overwhelmed by every everything than the rest of us. And then of course <laughs> Mr. Kraft, a joy. Uh, handled some miscommunications with some tickets. Everything to be shaken out correctly. It did. There was some confusion during the show. Uh, I don't think I made it on the podcast at all, but everything got shaked out. <laughs> yes, yeah, nothing John making it onto the podcast at all. Definitely. Uh, the show is ridiculous. No, no. But yeah. Uh, uh, likewise, likewise, sir. I had an excellent time um, being reunited with you guys, and it was it was really fun for us to have that little Airbnb uh, together and the extended hangouts over the weekend outside of just the you know together time at Bowler itself. It was like a, a really nice, just whole feeling weekend that I look back on quite fondly every time I, I look at my my fanny pack. It brings back a lot of good memories. Yeah, I think actually uh, I have a currently a WWE fanny pack adorned with a, a lot of uh, lapel pins, which I guess technically are not no longer lapel pins since they're not on lapels. But I might start adopting that actual beautiful leather fanny pack I was given by John more frequently. It might make it a, a bit of a part of my ensemble. So hey, speak. not to not to take away from John because I fucking love him. But I'm not giving away credit when it should be coming my way. I bought you oh. that fanny pack, sir. Oh, John! Son of a bitch, John! <laughs> okay, Chris, I want to for, extend a formal apology. It seemed like uh, Jonathan had helmed this entire enterprise. Uh, you you have to understand where I'm coming from. You saw. I did. Saw, I was there. Okay, good. Okay, you know, you don't want to sure. jump in. You don't want to jump in and be like, you know what? That was me. It's like you, you know, yeah, sometime. Oh man, <laughs> buried. <laughs> all right, well, thank you, motherfucker. I'm glad we have matching ones. Oh, you're Pins welcome. all over friend. that bitch. Yeah, that was, that was the you thing. So John did did you start. Sneaky son of a bitch. John. John did start the scenario with this chat with that that um uh, Asian market lady that we were talking about. Um, but it, it was the the moment where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get one, and then there was a second one right there, and I'm like. You know, they have to be matching grown men watch this shit. Uh, fanny packs. So that's why we got we got those two in there. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank nice. you, pal. Indeed. All right. Um, well, so, uh, uh, long story go short, the Vegemite. I didn't get we oh, got fuck. distracted. Ugh. Damn it. The worst. Okay, go on. I apologize. I normally try to keep us on track so hard, and this time I fucked up. So go uh, on, please. Veggie might away. It's it's got to be a, a difficult thing. I, I know how uh, my brain rambles a little bit, but to again to all of our uh, American fans, you you may have have tried Vegemite in the past. It's a sticky black yeast extract, as fucking delicious as that sounds, uh, that us Aussies uh, quite enjoy on toast. Uh, and it's one of those really Australiana type things where you, you may have been, uh, you know, gifted similarly a, a little jar of this sticky black goodness uh, by an Australian friend, or, or you may have bought it just on a lark and then you've like dipped your finger in or something like that, or, or really smeared it thick on a on a cracker, and you've eaten it. And you're like, this is the worst salty, disgusting <laughs> thing I've ever fucking eaten. <laughs> well, well, I'm here to tell you. Uh, that you've just been doing it wrong. 
Okay, so uh, what what you need to be doing there, uh, you need to get yourself some nice sourdough. You know, we're, we're quite spoiled these days with the, the kind of mm. really good bread that, that we can get in uh, modern culture. You know, you don't want to just be getting some shitty white loaf from uh, Walmart. I don't know, the Walmart sell bread? I'm assuming they do. <laughs> I love your reference, but yes, exactly. <laughs> We could definitely get terrible white bread at Walmart for sure. Excellent. <laughs> um, but yeah, you want to get like some good market sourdough. You know, I, I quite prefer like a rice sourdough personally, but uh, any oh, any kind delicious. of good rustic good bread uh, will will do the trick. You know, a nice multigrain or, or whatnot. Uh, you just want it to to be rustic. That's that's the main thing here. Uh, would artisanal apply? Would oh, would yeah. an artisanal bread? Definitely, definitely some some crafty artisanal bread. Um, so you get that, you get yourself some some nice, uh, you know, full, proper salted butter. You know, none of this. Uh, do you guys have margarine over there, or you call it something different? Oh yeah, we have margarine for for sure. Yeah, but yeah, except- yeah. You don't want some yeah. shitty imitation butter. You want some good salty, uh, you know, buttery butter. Uh, so you you'll toast up your artisanal bread. You'll smear a good, like probably more butter than you normally would, just for the the sake of this. Uh, get a good coating of butter there, and then you'll you'll get a, a load up that knife with some of this Vegemite. Um, you know, don't go too much. I mean, as an Australian, I feel like we've built up a tolerance to it, so I would put more on mine than uh than I would necessarily for someone trying it for the first time. I think it's kinda like heroin in that way. <laughs> built... Again, love the reference. Love yeah, the reference. Yeah, built up a bit of a a bit of a tolerance for it over the years <laughs> with my addiction. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, to go a little bit easy, but enough so it's like when you spread it over, there's a, a good mix of the black and the, the, the butter and all that. And then, yeah, that, that's when you want to just go for that crunch, bite on in. And if you've done it right, you know, there'll be a saltiness, there'll be a creaminess, there'll be a crispiness, and it, 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 the whole package just comes together really well. Um, but yeah, if you're doing this this without the butter or, you know, with some sort of weird different bread or on crackers or yeah yeah i could see how people might not like it but if you're gonna do it that's how you bloody do it and salty uh, and creamy mm, how yeah. appealing apparently john uh went out and they, they went to a special went and got special bread specifically for this exercise and i, I got uh, good feedback from john and whitney on on their their trial so i look forward to hearing so my follow-up uh, question said. is when did you sneak it into my fanny pack <laughs> Uh, the, the night, so you... When I was all, was I cocked out already, or? I think so, yeah, you uh, okay. had the early morning flight the next morning. Um, oh, which I almost fucking missed completely. Yeah, um, but uh, John and I went out uh, to a couple of bars and ended up in, like, Koreatown at, like, 3.30 in the morning, eating some uh, delicious Korean food, uh, and then, huh. yeah, when we got back, I was like, oh, he cannot... Jeremy cannot miss out on his Vegemite. I don't need to leave it here, so I made sure to tuck it in the, the fanny pack. I should have stayed awake because, honestly, waking up, I, I clearly either A, slept through my alarm, or B, the sound didn't go off because I woke up 20 minutes to when my flight was supposed to leave. That so is I terrifying. Jumped into a new, 
Oh my god, I was so scared because I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna, it's gonna cost me so much more money to get mm-hmm. home. There's like but cancellation. I made it into my Uber. Made it to my Uber. I looked on fucking line and thank the Lord that Seattle International Airport, SeaTac, was doing constructions to their runways. Dude. So the flight was fucking delayed. Like the the gods smiled upon me that day and mm-hmm. I, I made it to the airport and just chilled the fuck out for a little bit. Oh my god. That's so Nerve good. Wrecking. Yeah, Courtney and yeah. I had a similar thing trying to get to LAX uh one morning. I think we were coming from like Orange County, Huntington Beach kind of area, uh, on a, a trip of years gone by. And yeah, with similar deal where we we thought we allowed an appropriate amount of time. Like this wasn't a sleeping in issue, but just that mm-hmm. fucking LA traffic, man. Sometimes it can just get you. And yeah, we were just like on that road and we're like, we're totally gonna miss this flight and then just Thankfully, when we checked the thing, it was it was delayed. So sometimes that does come in um, just at the right time. Yes, sir. Everyone hates delays. They hate delays until it works in their motherfucking favor. Exactly. More love for right. more delays, guys. Well, we've talked a lot about us, and I hate to continue that, but I, I would be remiss if I did not mention some big news that occurred in my life and promote something that's, you know, actually independent wrestling related as well um i have been tapped to be maybe the lead commentary person or a co-commentary person with a new wrestling company up here in the pacific northwest which is called without a cause pro wrestling so it's wac and uh i'm really excited about this opportunity they reached out to me and said, hey, uh, you clearly are passionate about wrestling. Uh, You have a notable brand. You are uh, a big fan of wrestling. You're a stalwart of the Pacific Northwest wrestling community. Great word, great word, stalwart. Five points. Why not take this gut? Thank you, buddy. Uh, Why not take an opportunity on me, which I appreciate because I'm crazy on my own end. And uh, yeah, so without a cause, new promotion. We're putting on shows uh, on Sundays on up here in Everett, Washington. And the first show features Bola participant Darby Allen, Priscilla Kelly. Uh, Thunder Rosa, aka I think it's Cobra Moon in Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. and then a a local talent who's actually really awesome, a good guy, Dave Turner. Uh, wait, technically he's a heel, so he's a fucking son of a bitch, Dave Turner. And oh, then, that piece uh, of shit. yeah, 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 and then King Cash. So a lot of cool local talent mixing up with some international talent. Darby kind of coming home. Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. I. That's awesome, man. You know, I'm really I, happy for you. I'm in my own head sometimes, so I'm kind of telling myself to shut the fuck up and get into this. You're loving it. And, man, I, I'm i excited about all the guys here because, really, they're trying to bring up some other – I've heard about some other talent coming to the other shows. And uh, it, needless to say, the Pacific Northwest wrestling scene is going to get pretty exciting. That is so good, man. And you have, like, some experience with the, the common, commentary stuff, right? Like, this isn't your first rodeo done it twice before Hmm. both a year within each other but hey whatever um i also must bring it up that we're going to be featuring a uk talent ashley dunn on the show he's uh was former hope wrestling champion he's coming he's in the u.s right now working a couple gigs and he's going to be making an appearance on uh i think the show is called yeah a seat at the table a seat at the table so without a cause 
uh, shameless self-promotion as well as putting over buddies who are passionate I like about it. wrestling. And hey, I know that Thanks. we have some people from the uh, Pacific Northwest area that listen to this podcast. So if you're not doing anything on this Sunday, how about you head on, not this Sunday, wait, I don't know when it is, on a Sunday, uh, is head over to Everett, 21st, Washington. The 21st. 21st. Yes, sir. So that is next Sunday. Uh, following this, sh- the actual drop of this show, indeed. Yes, nice. Yeah, that's right, awesome, man. man. Great stuff. I, I look forward Appreciate to it. hearing uh, updates on it uh, after the show. That's very exciting. Um, I also wanted to ma- wanted to make mention here. I was very excited to see that on this weekend you are attending uh, in cinema screening of Beetlejuice. I love that oh, movie, good. and Dude. I'm very excited for you. I am literally wearing a Beetlejuice shirt right now, um, and I love Beetlejuice so much that this morning I went to grab a Beetlejuice shirt that I have, and the, it's a new one, and there was something on it, and I had to take it off, and I was so prepared to wear a Beetlejuice shirt, I just had to pull out the other one I own and rock <laughs> that one. That's great. <laughs> and I've said Beetlejuice so many times that if Beetlejuice is in my room somewhere, this whole Beetlejuice shit is bullshit. <laughs> Beetlejuice. But yeah, man, Danny Elfman, Tim Burton, Winona Ryder... Alan mm-hmm. Baldwin, uh, shit, Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a it's so good. I I rewatched it. Um, I reckon inside a year ago, and extremely underrated. It holds up in so many ways. I mean, you've got all of the wacky Tim Burtonness and like the set design and just the whole a lot of the visuals. But then, um. Yeah, like the performances as well really, really hold up and the, the musical score and just the, the, the whole narrative of just like such an interesting um, just way to to approach an overall narrative to a movie. I, I thought the whole thing was great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it, it could come off campy and silly, but also that's part of its fucking charm. It's just a really great movie with great acting. Uh yeah, I, I, there's nothing I can say bad about it. I have like a bunch of lapel pins. I I fucking love Beetlejuice, man. Yeah, just the whole style of it. Um, I mean, again, props to Tim Burton of like creating something so original and just so different and dark. Like that's it, there's a dark humor to it that. Um, oh, extremely. It's so it, great. It, it faces you. It's all about facing mortality. Like it's it's all it's so like about. People letting go, you know, of the shit that everyone worries about when they're alive. Like, oh, yeah, eventually I'm going to die. And like, I mean, I really want to leave. But but it's also really interesting because, man, the show became a cartoon. Like, it's. Yeah, I remember it, watching that so as a kid. Weird. <laughs> uh, it's so bizarre. But I, I honestly, I. There's there's everyone complains about sequels, but I would love a Beetlejuice sequel. Like I remember hearing something about that a little Either while world. ago. I mean, yeah, as, as I, long as, you know, Tim Burton is, is directly involved in it. And Michael Keaton has yeah, to be Beetlejuice. For real, yeah. We it's, have to have just my... old man Beetlejuice akin to uh, the, what was the, the, the bird movie? That... Birdman. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, just like that. Yeah. That'll be excellent. All right. Well, um, I appreciate you, man. I'll, I'll let you know if I have not, I've never seen it in the, and fucking full screen so i'm pretty excited about that taking the lady friend yeah so good yeah i don't think i've seen it in an actual cinema either but um yeah that that sounds great i'm, I'm very excited for you everyone if you you know not sure on something to watch in the near future pop on beetlejuice 
you'll you'll, you'll thank us later. Yeah. There's like 30 Beetlejuices in my room now because we've said Beetlejuice so many times. Oh, funny, <laughs> funny timing with the Beetlejuice thing. We went to like a cabaret night at the local Latvian hall over the weekend, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> what? Yeah. <That's> amazing. <laughs> so my buddy Mitch, his, um, uh, he had a friend who was, uh, you know, gone to a lot of his wrestling gigs and, and music gigs and things like that. So I was like, I have to support her. All right. Um, and it's like one of those sort of community level friends and family burlesque event vibes. You've ever been to one of these? <laughs> Wait, friends and family burlesque <laughs> vibes. Yeah, no, no, no one's been to that. Oh, I maybe I've just been to enough of them to where they've got a normalcy in my head it's to so where I just assume, like, yeah, whatever. That's the person dancing with fucking pasties on, no big whoop. That's it, and like, yeah, it's exactly like that. Like boobs out, pasties, all all that shtick. But it, it's kind of like the indie, like the really lower level indie wrestling version of burlesque to where it's like okay. a lot of the friends and family are there to support, you know, a lot of these people, it's their first time they've ever been on a stage. Um, you know, so they're probably a bit, uh, you know, self, um, insecure and, and things like that. Um, so there's a big thing for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, everyone's along to support them through this journey and, and everyone's there just to, you know, to, to clap and to try to contribute to the, the evening. No one's there looking at it with like, a um, uh, critical eye uh, everything's almost like you're looking at it with an apologetic eye which is kind of hilarious and you're like, you're like hey they're doing their fucking thing like if somebody it's like a wrestling show when they, somebody says you fucked up like hey shut the fuck up dude yeah exactly they're doing their thing yeah they're really trying they're really putting their all in this come on it doesn't matter that she she dropped that hula hoop like six times in the last 30 seconds she picked it up dude. every time it was fantastic. I had so much fun. Uh, but yeah, one of the acts was a, a Beetlejuice-themed act, which was actually probably my favorite one of That's the fantastic. night. It was wonderful. It was, yeah, the one with the, the hula hoops, uh, yeah, all Beetlejuice outfits, and they did a, a bunch of the, the different um, uh, musical Song scores numbers. from the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone... Especially when I was talking about it recently, somebody is like, everyone loves the scene when they do shake, 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 Sonora, mm-hmm. shake your body, right? Like, everyone loves that. Yep, the banana boat tremendous. song. Oh, so good. But I really love the sand fucking worm scenes. Oh, because they're like still a mixture of me. like, it's so creepy, but like a mixture of like stop motion and like actual like real uh film it's just so tremendous and i i love that shit uh, i can't do enough praise for beetlejuice i i as i get older i've always thought i didn't really like horror shit and creepy shit but yeah, i must admit i do love that shit like my favorite halloween movie or my favorite christmas movie is gremlins how fucking creepy and macabre is that i yeah. i love that shit gremlins is such another just great one with that sort of dark humor hybrid and just really distinct visual look you know jim henson there's another guy so i can't say enough good things about yeah for sure and i, I you know what people who like us this is a very us heavy episode should we move <laughs> into maybe some wrestling stuff i think so 35 minutes in do you think it's yeah time? <laughs> yeah all right let's do it um <laughs> david Arquette reporting watch, live 2018. live from 
the scene of a possible documentary. David Arquette has been recently interviewed. Um, I now forget who interviewed him, but it might have been Nick Hausman. I know he interviewed him recently. But anyway, he's been interviewed and has announced that he will be covering or releasing in January a documentary about his return to wrestling. And it sounds like more about wrestling itself in general and the scene and people who do this for a living and why kind of like, it sounds like a positive version of uh, beyond the mat. You know That's what I mean? The first like, thing that I thought of when you said about the, the documentary and, and also like, like I feel like Barry Blasting in um, beyond the mat, like went, a bit further to sort of just document the whole thing of wrestling rather than just a, a singular take on wrestling. And it sounds like that's um, David Arquette's approach with this as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, a lot of people sort of slam beyond the mat for being overly negative, but I mean, to me, anytime you do the pro wrestling story and it's just got a smiley face on the end of it, it's kind of fucking bullshit. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's a different conversation, but I'm, I'm very excited about this um, documentary nonetheless. Uh, and of obviously, you, you know how uh, overly excited I am about the whole uh, return of David Arquette to wrestling. I mean, the first thing that springs to mind when you uh, brought that up is like the cynic in me would be like, wait, was this whole uh, comeback just like purely Brother. for the... For the sake oh of my God, we this have the documentary? same fucking brain. We have the ah. same fucking brain. I was like, we've been touting David Arquette this whole time. He's been working <laughs> everybody, and we're a part of it. Oh my God, we got work. Uh, I, I I agree with you 100. I when I led into this discussion, clearly I was speaking of a, a viewpoint of how I felt that beyond the mat was skewed to basically malign the whole fucking industry and make it look fucking ridiculous and stupid and make these guys who are so dedicated to getting that final pop really is what it comes down to. Uh, and it's, it became like an embarrassment, honestly, like, wait, so that's your take on, sure... on beyond the mat. No. Okay. That was how I was, I was phrasing it. Ah, I see. I see. And it definitely comes off that way, but it's an honest viewpoint. That's mm. how I've always felt. Like, agree. I was basically setting up how I agreed with what you were saying about how it's like a real good viewpoint of it. But I started off my phrasing of this story as how it buried wrestling while David is going to shine a light on it. It's so glorious. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, for no, real. Chris. No, agreed. agreed. I, I, I love I love Beyond the Man. I think it's an honest viewpoint, but a lot of people do indeed view it as some sort of negative, like basically a hatchet job of wrestling or professional wrestling or Jake the Snake or fucking anybody who was involved, Dennis Stamp, all those guys. And I, it really I hear is. Old like, Vinnie Mac realistic. wasn't a big fan of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like directly involved until he realized. Oh wait! Holy shit! This is this is a real reaction. This isn't You're, some like Walt real? Disney story of what wrestling yeah. is. Yeah, I definitely don't want to confuse it. I, I, I love Beyond the Mat. It's the most honest view at wrestling I've ever seen outside of uh, the wrestler itself. Mm -hmm. But agreed. Yeah, it, it, it. David Arquette is going to be doing a similar scenario, but he's not going to be. I'm sure he's going to look at the gritty shit, but it's not going to be directly looking at the depressing and the dark situation that occur with people who have been maybe hanging on the wrestling a little bit too long. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see that sort of more gritty, um, like not so much happy face bit of it, even from David Arquette's uh, return in of itself. He's Love faced it. some adversity, uh, as we've, spe- we've spoken of, with like the the injury, and he's, he's just taken the whole thing like, eyes. yeah, yeah. It's not just like a you know Hollywood actor coming in and doing a Jay Leno bit. Like he's really done this properly, and so there's got to be a lot of heartache. Uh, through that journey as well, and I'm, I'm hoping we get a bit of that, you know. And I, I knew the motherfucker was all in when I saw him doing cross bodies from the top rope to the outside. Yeah, and like some Mexican <laughs> like, fucking village in front of twenty people. <laughs> you still there, my yeah, friend? He's, I honestly, I assume he loves the business, right? I mean, it seems to be he has not to. fake at all. You can't fake that, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that documentary. David Arquette, watch. We're keeping it alive. Uh, not much to mention while we're at Bola, but hey, we're following up. I did want to make sure that we we mentioned, you know, just how how much of a, a weight emotionally and spiritually that it's it's weighed down upon us. The fact that that we haven't had a David Arquette watch on the last episode <laughs> or two. I mean, I I felt like severe guilt and, and questioning like you know, who I am as a person to the point where I reached out to you. Uh, do we want to like do an extra recording just to, to chuck a David Arquette watching it, to, to shoehorn it into the show? Because I didn't want what that really to be one without it. What really scared me is when you, you send me the message like, hey man, nothing David Arquette has happened. Should we even do this show anymore? And I was like, <laughs> Chris, stop. Don't do this. We have to do it for the fans. For the fans. For the people that, that tune in and, and you know, where's my latest episode? You know, those those people shockingly do exist. So I honestly, the because of the fucking vacation, and when you hit me up to do a show, I'm like, wait, do we? Are we supposed to do a show now? Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit weird because yeah, I mean, we're we're sort of semi on schedule with with y'all listening to our uh, our shit in terms of the last one was two weeks ago, and that's a generally our thing. I uh, know we did have a, a week late uh, with the the bowler episode, but again, you, you can't really fault us for the international travels. And we're having fun. Yeah, Fuck you exactly. Um, so yeah, in theory, uh, coming out uh, this evening, we we should be uh, back on track. But I mean, for us, it, it felt like it's been a month or some shit. It was it's really weird. Dude, it, it felt weird, super long. I'm like what? All right. So I mean, well, obviously, we've got a bit to cover in the the amount of time that. Uh, from our, our last episode. So, I mean, let's get to it. I, I have a big, a, big theme to me. I have another connection. Wait, Ooh, wait, wait. Go wait, on, wait, go wait, on. Wait, Jump in. Wait, wait, wait. We have a connection to both Bola. Both to David Arquette. And also to independent wrestling. Our buddy. I don't know if you got an opportunity to meet him. But he is a internationally known professional wrestling fan. As well as professional Mike Master, he is the rapper, otherwise known as Open Mike Eagle. He is stepping into the professional wrestling ring. Are oh, you familiar shit. with one Open Mike Eagle? Uh, not not extensively. I think I, I may have uh, had a little chat with him, but I didn't know too much about who he was outside of the... So you actually spoke to him and didn't know his microphone magistry? I think I, I may have, yes. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. It's fucking with you. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Mike is actually going to be fucking wrestling. I didn't know that Shit. was going down. That's fucking great. Um, I was a fan of his rap music because I saw him on, it was either Dave Chappelle or somebody, but uh, yeah, I saw him on there and I heard his uh, research his music. And one day when I was at Bola, I think it was the actual Bola that I met you, I was sitting there chatting to some guy who was sitting next to me and I'm like, wait, holy shit, are you Mike? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you're open, Mike Eagle. Dude, I was sitting next to this rapper that I've been listening to like obsessively a particular song forever. And he was like sitting here obsessing over my favorite obsession, professional wrestling. It Isn't blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Dude, this how small of a world. But yeah, open Mike Eagle. He's taking out I I don't know how to pronounce the motherfucker's name. Um I'm gonna retweet it right now so people can see this shit. It looks like it's like Shiloh Johns. But all I know is uh, Mike Eagle is going to school this motherfucker. And I wanted to put a shout out to my dude. Ooh. All right, I'm done now. Brad. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that because like, Courtney was similar where the, the, what was it, the dude from fucking Tool? Like Tool was at Bowler? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, Two of the guys from Tool. Yeah. And the other one she didn't realize that was happening when I told her, like, yeah, that's fucking me. She's like, what? Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that people that show up that fuck when you find out that people who are by no means connected to you directly love something as much as you do like especially a thing so niche as wrestling it's like oh there's a special connection there um i understand that person a little bit more now yeah and it's like a cool thing it's almost like this lowly uh interest that we we have as it's what brings us you know together like it brings the overall community together through this common interest and this fucking dumb interest of watching men and, and women to pretend to fight one another in spandex, you know? Just brings the world together. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. So the high Indeed. and the low and the in-between. Uh, you know, there's, there's no, uh, no uh, caste system levels in uh, society when we're, we're all just watching a wrestling show. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, the article I have right here doesn't say when the, the show is taking place, but it's for Ohio Valley Wrestling, it appears. So look forward to that. Mike is amazing. He's an amazing rapper. Ziggy Stardust uh, is one of the – damn it. I can't remember the fucking name. Ziggy Starfish or some shit. I'm the worst right now. How do I <laughs> put over a guy and fucking fuck up the name of his song? But, yeah. Amazing, amazing rapper, and getting the opportunity to actually do some wrestling shit, that's pretty cool to do. That's great. Yeah, wish him all the success in the world. Uh, shout out to Open Mike Eagles. So go on, buddy. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, in general, there's been a lot that has uh, has happened here in the fallout from Bola. Um, you know, uh, we've got people showing up in, in different crazy, surprising promotions. We've had uh, some some very uh, tear-jerking injuries. Uh, we've had some, some great success uh, as well um, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so, I mean, first of all, the one that I think is on the, the top of everyone's mind, one of the guys that has one of the, the best showings all, all in all through the tournament, uh, Joey Janela. Oh, that that injury! Uh, 
I was I was heartbroken when I when I heard it. Uh, so on this um, lived fa- live fast die young uh, show for Game Changer Wrestling that we were talking up on a, a recent episode about with uh, psychosis. Um, Joey uh, did a, a crossbody to the outside, and it, it I, I watched it, and, and you it wouldn't blame psychosis or there's nothing that Joey did about it that looked like he went off it with, with poor form. It was just one of those weird, unfortunate landings and his sort of leg crumbled in the wrong direction when he landed and it was just unfortunate. Maybe it was a thing where it was just hanging on a th- by a thread before that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, as soon as it happened, he knew something was really wrong, uh, finished the match and then cut like a promo afterwards, apologizing to everybody. He almost like he said in the promo, like he, he pretty sure he's going to be out for a while on this one and then yeah he went to the doctor and we all saw that very uh sad tweet that he was out for like the maybe the better part of a year oh yeah I'm, man I'm broken up about it we, eh? we tabbed recently how essentially he was the king of the indies at the moment like yeah. it really was the case like he Honestly. was not not only being on every show uh leading pack he was even like changing wrestling, like making something that a lot of wrestling fans don't like death matches more popular by partnering with GCW. Like uh, he, he was, he's set for greatness. He still is. Uh, we, we talked about the, the, the show that he has coming up in LA. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on the show itself, but he's coming up with promoting. And I think it was LA confidential yep. uh, out here in LA, which is pretty amazing. In Hollywood. Um, it's actually the, the, with the Avalon in, in Hollywood, which again, cool looking yeah. venue. And some of those matches on that card are looking insane. It's good to see that Joey is sort of continuing his momentum with like sort of the, the promotional side of it. Uh, outside of just his wrestling, I was kind of a little bit worried that we'll just see Joey disappear for the next large part of a year. But by the sounds of it, he's still going to be very visible. Just not. I think he's put out like ring. three shirts. Three yeah. shirts. Yeah. So he's smart. He's like getting set up to hopefully pay for this surgery so he can begin to recoup a lot quicker. You know. Uh, j- I don't know. It's like a lot of the wrestlers guys, man, get injured and you're like, okay, they're injured. Hopefully they come back quick. But Joey Janela was so on fire. It's like such a detriment to his career. Yeah. And on something that he's done so many times, like you look at it, it doesn't even look like it was that insane. You know what I mean? Like, mm. that like there's so body... much crazier shit that Joey Janela has done and been fine. And, and then he... it's like a cross body to the outside is where it all comes crashing down, brother. Oh, man. It but yeah, this, this show is it's fucking tremendous. Uh, Nick Gage, Sasuke is going to be on it again. Hardcore uh, Holly? Hardcore Ollie versus Brody King. What oh, the shit. fuck? Like, honestly, if Joey is the guy who comes up with the ideas for this match, the guy's a fucking tremendous booker. Like, it's fucking Genius. great. It's like he's taken um, that, that magic of those... Um, those sort of 2010-era uh, Shakara King of Trios... With just these batshit insane, like, what? Glacier is teaming with D'Lo Brown? Like, yeah. Or like early then, 90s Team WWF or whatever. And, and Joey's just like made a whole thing of it with GCW. It's, it's fantastic. I can't wait to see what's next, you know? The other two guys announced for the show, uh, which are just basically emphasizes what we're talking about here. Marco Stunt, which is a fucking amazing he's tremendously popular indie darling right now and he was then, one of courtney's he, favorite wrestlers from bowler weekend i wanted to make mention indeed indeed uh and then 
somebody who I would say is almost was formerly a Marco stunt style guy who got really popular for the crazy Finian. Mm-hmm. Amazing Red fucking is booked for these shows. Amazing Red inspired about a lot of New York guys to get into lucha and do a lot of cool lucha spots, but mix it with that strong style, you know, wrestling shit. And man, Amazing Red is on this show. Yeah, uh, dude, they're basically co- uh, half responsible for creating the X Division. Uh, just insane stuff on the the uh, northeast. Uh, Region Early ROH York. shit was peppered, peppered oh, with him. So good, like ICW, like everything around Former there. Former tag team champion for ROH with one AJ Styles. I mean, this guy, I, I don't think Amazing Red gets as much credit as he deserves. How it's a feel? weird story, like, and it's similar almost with the injury that we're talking about with Joey right now. Like a lot of similarities with Amazing Red where he was probably on like, had the most momentum going of, of like anyone on the indies and this is probably gone back you know like 2003 2004 Ooh, yeah, kind yeah. of time um and yes, then sir. just got just got waylaid with a, a bunch of um crazy injuries uh i think funnily enough knee injuries uh, from memory and it was almost like that uh just put such a stop to that momentum and then almost made it was so bad that it was almost like to a point like he was kind of forgotten for like a decade um and 17 year veteran and the guy is only 36 the guy yeah. i mean that that's a that says a fucking lot and i honestly i hope this joey has been a uh intrinsic part in pco getting a resurgence oh, i hope yeah. i mean red has been doing a lot of shit he's i think he's a big part of house of glory up in new york so yep. he, it's not like he's been like sitting in the sidelines but i no. hope this is like a resurgence of his independent career yeah, yeah, for real. Um, yeah, he's he's been doing interesting stuff. He did have like a bit of a comeback thing with TNA um, a little while ago, and yeah, I mean, I, I hope so too. Because yeah, to me, like Amazing Red was one of the most most exciting dudes from that time. Uh, you know, you know how much I loved ROH from back in those days. Like I remember that sequence both, with uh, him and Loki. I can't remember oh. if it was like a tag or whatever, but it was just like this more no, combat, like yes. oh. Dude, people hate that shit because it looks like so choreographed, but uh, honestly, it's one of the best fucking opening 45 seconds of a wrestling match ever. Yeah. Ever. And I mean, I get the the criticism of that stuff now, like in the day and age of of like those, um, you know, Ricochet versus... Park, I can't even remember, but the stuff that people get, or even even Ricochet versus fucking Will Osprey, like, that's the like, one I was thinking of. Yeah, like yeah, people yeah. sort of give that the criticism now, and you know, I, I sort of get both sides of that argument. But when they were doing this in like two thousand fucking two or three or whatever it was, that was like so it was far next ahead. level. Like it just to see that, it's like whoa, wrestling can be this. Like it was so far ahead of like your expectations of what a wrestling match should look like. It was just so fresh and exciting, and and yeah, that that's what I think of when I think of Amazing Red, and yeah, I'm really hoping that um, he gets to sort of um, you know have that that career rejuvenation that uh, uh, Game Changer Wrestling and, and Joey Janela do so fucking well. Yeah, my, my the best part of that whole shit is like the stomps that Loki does is they're like so brutal and so vicious, <laughs> like ever the whole thing, like when they. You know, every wrestling match, or not every, but a lot of wrestling match has that face-off where everyone is, they've done a bunch of shit and everyone just stops and looks at each other and the crowd gets into it. 
the pop when these two guys stop and like stare at each other eye to eye the blew the fucking roof the off Murphy the Murphy Rex plex. The Murphy Rex is fucking <laughs> losing their shit. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure that 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 video is tagged somewhere on YouTube or something as like the best wrestling match ever or some shit. something to that summation. If you have not seen that, look for Amazing Red versus Loki ROH. It's got to be like Chris said. 2003 2004 somewhere around that area you thank me later yeah thank i will uh oh oh hang on i'm i'm sharing this on our twitter go on right now uh the match will be available oh not the match just the the matrix minute is what it's called oh the, okay okay yes 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 yeah i'm sure you can find the whole match if you're if you're so interested in that part the whole thing is pretty great uh Probably like five, six minutes, I imagine, the whole thing, because Loki was on a pretty good tear. Yeah. Yeah, it's so great. It was great. Loki back then oh. was like just a, a supernova, I want to say. And hey, speaking of Loki stomping motherfuckers real hard, did you hear mm-hmm. motherfucker stomped Daga's ear off? I was like, I heard that Dogger's ear was left hanging after a match, but I wasn't sure what was the actual move. So he did the double stomp and almost knocked his ear off. Yeah, so I don't Holy know if he actually, you know, like Mick Foley'd this motherfucker off and then the ref came back to him after the show with the, the ear. Um, but no, this... Um, so... Yeah, I, I watched the the, the gif on um, someone someone tweeted it, and basically Loki goes up for a double stomp, and then you know how sometimes you just slide off a little bit weird to the side. Kind of did that, yeah. came off to the side, down the side of his head, and it, it, it was almost like a, a double stomp boot scrape, like um, Homicide or like Otani, like those dudes used to do back. Oh, into the, the corner. Yeah, yeah, it was like that, and then yeah, after you just see his his ear just like. Fucking pissing blood. Mm. Ouch. Fucking A. Yeah. Uh, speaking of MLW, uh, a shirt I did for uh, both Brian Pillman Jr. and Selena De La Renta has dropped recently. So check them out. Mm-hmm. Hey, how, how much good stuff has uh, MLW been doing right recently? I um I gave the the show a bit of a, a watch on the YouTube. Everyone make sure to, to check that out. I believe it drops at six oh five every Saturday on YouTube, which I find very cool. Bit of a throwback to WCW Saturday Night there, uh, and how which makes you uh, basically you can't say, "Oh, I haven't caught the show because I don't have their network." Uh, it's readily available, so shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, and how appropriate with uh, Tony. Tony Schiavone there as the, the voice of MLW <laughs> makes my ears so happy every time I hear him. Eh? That's um, so awesome, especially with knowing like Court clearly is not just a guy who's in wrestling. He loves wrestling. Like mm-hmm. the way he got started with wrestling was being close with the Samoans and Gary Hart. Like this guy loves professional wrestling. It's not like he it did it as a money idea and he knows how to book a good show. He knows mm-hmm. what to put place and, and Tony I mean, Schiavone you is make a mention voice. you make mention of Gary Hart there as well and Gary Hart was not the type of dude that would like uh impart knowledge and take someone under his wing as much as he did for court for someone that is not just like sharing that complete passion and enthusiasm for wrestling so 
that's almost like a, a credit in and of itself. And yeah, I've, I've listened to things from court where he's extensively talked about all that invaluable knowledge that he got from Gary, who Gary Hart, probably one of the greatest bookers in the history of wrestling, in, in addition to being probably my favorite manager in the history of wrestling. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, court having that first run with MLW in the early two thousands, which I loved myself back in the day, just being as much of an ECW fan as I am and how much that was kind of like ECW 2.0 at the time was quite torn up when it, uh, went a bit, when it went out of business and then court ended up in WWE as a writer, um, for a while. But then, I mean, what a great story it's been with the, the success of the MLW podcast, the podcast network that came from that, and then it, it all coming full circle and, and MLW coming coming back in and of itself, and they're like one of the, the hottest things going today in 2018 wrestling. Yeah, it's tremendous. Court had this brand they developed, uh, goes to the WWE, becomes a creative executive, decides, hey, man, I'm kind of uh, done with wrestling overall. Somebody drags him back into podcasting people realize what a great voice and aspect he has on wrestling. Uh, he maybe have hired or adopted some awesome people like myself to do podcasts. I mean, uh, that might be kind of <laughs> cool, <laughs> but yeah, court. Good taste. Good like, taste man, there, court. Man, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, court eventually said, man, I, I love this shit. I need to get it back involved. I have a voice. I have a vision. And clearly MLW is coming off amazing uh, i i see nothing but praise for the product excellent I production i definitely need to watch more i definitely need to watch more i recommend it i just jammed through about three or four episodes the other morning i'm still way behind i need to to get all the way in but i mean they've got like awesome um just really slick production uh the the venue uh down there in, in florida that they run is a uh, very cool for a tv show like this again it's great to hear tony uh, on the on the mic there and then like just the talent level of the dudes that they they use you know between like a Shane Strickland and a, a Phoenix a Pentagon Jr uh, they've got like dudes like Rich Swan that come in Teddy Hart they've got the Hart Foundation 2.0 with uh, Teddy Hart Brian Pillman Jr and uh, uh, Harry Smith uh, mm. and now I'm seeing uh, I need to watch this most recent episode with, I believe they did LA Park versus PCO. I think that's one of the most recent things. I need that correct. in my life. You are correct. You are correct. Real quick, <clears throat> we spoke about it. The Daga injury, which clearly is a mistake. Um, how do you feel about botches like that or mistakes like that getting turned into angles like clearly it. it's mo clearly it's money right yeah yeah for real i mean it's going back to that semi callahan but thing, do you right? view it as dangerous no. do you as as they'll keep you a dangerous worker well I, that's something where i think i differ because with a lot of people always been, i mean it's just... always hung on him yeah yeah but i mean in general there seems to be a, a bit of a, a difference in the wrestling audience today where some people view wrestling purely as like a performance art you know, in the same way that uh, when they're talking about it, they completely separate the character. It's just like they're doing a movie type of thing. You know, we don't want people to get hurt. Rah, rah, rah. To me, for wrestling to, to work in its most complete way, it needs that uh, that little unexpected like feeling of danger and actual real violence, which is you know why I love like a dude like uh, PCO. 
because um, you just get a vibe of like it's it's the same thing with like a like a super dragon or like a necro butcher and, and Loki again he like just epitomizes that you know um, where there's like a blurred line between uh, I guess the the performance and like a, a real dangerous violence vibe which I think is exactly what wrestling needs more of today and, and why I, I love the really sort of gritty, um, you know, you know dudes are fucking laying it in, dudes like Walter and, and um, Thatcher and, and that side of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it, but I can totally see how some people, you know, take the high road of thinking, oh, who's unprofessional, rah, 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 you know. I mean, what's your take? Um, I... People will probably, if they listen to my old show, they may have know that a lot of times I set up uh, clearly just a conversational point because I agree with you 100%. <laughs> I think people who fucking worry about shit going wrong and assuming that that person's a bad worker is dumb because over a long enough timeline, everyone's going to fuck up. Owen Hart, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, fucked up. Steve Austin, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you work in this business, you're going to inadvertently hurt a close friend of yours. It's going to happen. Almost and more I, so when it's a close friend, because you have that familiarity to where, you know, I can lay this in a little bit more because he's my buddy. Solid fucking point. And like recently, the big gripe has been brie bella injuring or fucking giving Liv morgan a concussion and brian came out and talked about his or daniel brian or brian danielson or whatever came out and like defended his wife and says mm. basically what i'm saying on long enough timeline this shit's going to happen and I, I i honestly think the best thing to do when accident happen is make money off it and yeah. that is clearly what they're doing with daga and clearly what they're doing with one loki Indeed. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned the, the Danielson, um, Brie Bella thing. Cause it's almost like that is the opposite of, of what I was saying in like people shying away and like separating the, the physicality of wrestling from just being a show type of thing. And it's like instead of the, them going with it, you know, and building it up of like, oh, yeah, she really fucking knocked her out because is there some sort of heat or what's going on here? Instead, it was just everyone's like, oh, Look how unprofessional this person is. They don't know how to work. What an idiot. She shouldn't be able to wrestle anymore, you know? And then even, like, the apologies that come out afterwards and then even, like, the Danielson uh, apologies were, like, kind of turned me the wrong way of, like, it's almost like, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, I don't like the breaking of kayfabe in that because that's not the right explanation. But there's just something that, that, you know, rubbed me the wrong way about, like, the, oh, you know, things go wrong, you know, I've done all these things and that went wrong myself. It's like... I don't know. Maybe that's a bit too far behind the curtain for me. Agreed. That I agree with too, because as wrestling fans, if we are really that invested and under, understand what's going on as much as we claim to do, we should know what's going on backstage. Like anybody who saw Sammy Callahan talking about how he didn't give a fuck about injuring Eddie Edwards. And you thought that was real. You're yeah. a fucking asshole if you're a wrestling fan. <laughs> <You're>, he, <laughs> clearly, he did not mean that. He's working with this guy every night. Like, no doubt, they're working together. Jesus Christ. Owen Hart walked around with a shirt that said, I broke Steve or Owen 316. I just broke your neck. <laughs> like, yeah. 
This shit happened. Brothers are going to work together. Get over yourselves. Quit defending. You. I hate to use the term that the internet has adapted as super fans, but you stands. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's almost like an extension of you know, people wanting to be offended by everything. And, and like just having this surface level interest in something and thinking they know enough to be outraged about something they have no idea about. I don't know. It's just kind of funny and, and sums up like that whole thing of uh, instant internet outrage over everything going on right now. I don't know. But anyway, we're getting a little no, bit off topic. Let's let's bring no, this we're not. one back. Wrestling. No, <laughs> uh, go on, go on, bring it. Um, but I mean, uh, speaking of MLW, uh, the Mania um, weekend uh, for for next year for 2019 is is already shaping up. It's it's scary how fast this thing comes about. I'm pretty sure. That, oh fuck me! Today, uh, the MLW tickets go on sale for their shows. So I'm gonna have to get on that. Shit. Um, Wait for for fucking Mania weekend. Yeah. For Chicago. For oh, Mania damn. weekend. The I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna roll the way I always do Mania weekend. If I end up going out there, I'm gonna see what kind of tickets fall in my lap mm-hmm. as free opportunities, or we're gonna buy. But dude, I saw a travel schedule for the some of the venues. Uh, right. It's atrocious. It's yeah. The distance is fucking ridiculous. I mean, the the toughest one to me, so stuff that I'm probably the most excited about is all of the Game Changer Wrestling stuff, um, and that is out in uh, New Jersey, a uh, really sweet-looking um, venue there. Let me look this one up. Um, but yeah, they've got a whole bunch of different shows that they're they're putting on uh, as the the collective is sort of the the thing. They've got shows running from the fourth to the sixth of April at the the White Eagle Hall, which very cool looking venue. It almost gives me a bit of a vibe of like the um, remember the the Madhouse of Extreme uh, of ECW in Queens before they moved to the the Hammerstein. Um, honestly, no, I, I apologize. Ah, that's okay. Um, yeah, it was just like a really rad mm. old ballroom. I think it's actually now uh, been purchased by a, a church of some sort. Um, maybe Scientologist, potentially? I don't know. But yeah, it, wrestling is sadly <laughs> not allowed to to be run um, there anymore. But uh, yeah, just really cool old uh, hall kind of vibe. Uh, where you just get the, the feeling like there may have been human sacrifices there at some point. Um, but yeah, the, this venue, the White Eagle Hall that, um, GCW is running sacrifice. in Jersey, looking really cool as well. Um, human and... sacrifice, there's like pentagrams on the wall and shit. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Like they've got a, an, like downstairs <laughs> area where they have like, you know, fights to the death and, you know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> no, that definitely didn't happen. There was no fight clubs going on. But honestly, those are the best venues for cool wrestling shows. And you're like, wow, what the hell is this building? Mm, agreed. And, and GCW seems to have like a, a real um, eye for that shit. Like all of their venues that they run are very cool. That one, that one in New York, um, in uh, Queens, that we watched that last um, uh, show, the Joey Janela's Lost in New York. Very cool as well. 
Um, the one that I, I most recently watched um, for uh, the Live Fast, Die Young in Asbury Park, really fucking cool as well. Like a brick wall, exposed brick wall, balcony type of setup, really like jam-packed. And yeah, they, they know what's up when it comes to picking cool venues. But yeah, this, this White Eagle Hall is in Jersey. So, I mean, a lot of these shows are sort of like on that borderline of, of New York City, Manhattan, whatever, and then in New Jersey. Uh, I think some of the shows are in Queens as well. But I think the hardest trip is going to be if you're going from a show in Queens to that show at the White Eagle Hall in Jersey. I think that's a bit of a long trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can see, like you're saying, some of this travel stuff may be a bit tight if you're heading from one show that's just finished to another one that's probably starting in, you know, half an hour or 45 minutes, like some of those trips that we did at uh, this past year's WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, if you want to enjoy yourself, it might sometimes be you camping at one location and maybe watching a show that you didn't necessarily want to see to go see the show that's following up after that. Yeah, I mean... Um, the the part that's still a question for me, we haven't had it announced yet of the actual Joey Janela spring break. Mm-hmm. And that's like the, the You would biggest... assume it would be a late night? Um, it has to be a midnight one, right? Like you can't do spring break without it being at midnight. That's kind of become the expectation. And... Unless Joey's mad that people like myself uh, left right after the fucking show ended. <laughs> he gave you a shellacking after you left, sir. <laughs> yeah, especially when I went, I went and talked to him directly. Like, I saw the video. I was like, hey, man, I was tired. He's like, hey, man. <laughs> oh, sorry, Joey. Yeah. But, I mean, we've had some different stuff uh, announced, like, between, uh, like, just in this GCW collective. I mean, we've got, like, a collective powerbomb.tv uh, group show. Uh, we've got a AIW show. We've got a Inner Species Wrestling show. That'd be a really fucking fun one to go to. I've heard those shows are great. Um, and then on the Friday, uh, we've got. Um, this is new to me. I'm seeing Shakara, uh, as well as Black Label Pro, um, and then Spring Break, which again we don't know when that's going to be yet. And that um, Blackcraft Wrestling, that that one that um, Johnny Mundo is uh, a part of, that's on the Saturday, I mean the Friday night. Which to me, Friday night is that. I mean that's when the Spring Break was this past year. So I'm almost expecting they do that Blackcraft Wrestling show at the same time, and then because I think that Spring Break is bigger than the capacity of the White Eagle. Maybe they do that elsewhere. And next year, me and Chris will be running uh, craft label wrestling. Um, <laughs> so catch that show. Well, why is everyone harping on the like such similar names? Like, uh, what culture became Defiant Wrestling? Totally fucking ripping off Defy Wrestling. Oh, that was some bullshit. <laughs> like, why do these people like come up with original ideas? Black Label and Black Craft—that is too close. Get out of here! Yeah, and they're going to hey, be on the go. the same day of WrestleMania weekend in the same venue. Shockingly enough, and then on where on the am Saturday, I? Yeah, right. And then we've also got IWS coming down from Montreal on the Saturday, which I don't care where I am, I have to be there for that because of uh, you know the IWA Mid South show. <laughs> IWA Mid South. Oh, that'd be appropriate. Shit. Yeah, I thought that's what you said. 
No, IWS, uh, the the group oh, that um, okay. Steen and Generico and Sexy Eddie and all those dudes came from uh, when they first invaded uh, that CCW scene back in the day. Sir. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. But uh, yeah, some of that travel is going to be a bit nutty. Just the amount of shows that are on is going to be insane. It's going to be a good time. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely need to make it to some of those MLW shows. Just have, just make sure you have friends so an uber split becomes more reasonable than doing those trips on your own yeah good thing i have friends yay yeah agreed i think we we may be partnering up some of these trips are you you thinking you're going to be doing this trip man um the original plan was yes because alicia also wants to go all right sweet and and i told john that i wanted to go and then literally a couple minutes later he's like i booked the fucking (laughs) b&b in new york i'm like brother i I thought i was pretty strong about going this way not that strong yeah john i i love the guy the fuck he's like i'm doing shit i'm fucking if i'm doing this thing i've decided i'm fucking doing them like i he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that just uh half-asses shit like once he decides that mm-hmm. he's doing something he's fucking doing it he is a planner he gets the shit which planned, means i might be done. seeing he reached out me recently he might be coming up here to see the uh defy show later this end of this month and staying either on the couch uh or the bed at my girlfriend's place so hey nice. johnny craft mm-hmm Hey, isn't that a great thing about this wrestling friends deal? You can you can go to a wrestling show on the other side of the country, and you know that that you've got a a couch waiting for you. It's, it's delightful. Hopefully, I I'm gonna come see some wrestling show in Australia, and I have uh, a couch to lay on down there. Fuck down yeah, under, down uh-huh. under. I'm an asshole. Sorry. Down under. Yeah, man. You, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I mean, all of the good shows are in Melbourne, but uh, I'm sure it will definitely work out for you to stay in uh, Brisbane. Melbourne's not that far. It's only a, only a four-hour flight. Well, you're traveling with me, right? I'm not going to walk around there alone and get robbed. <laughs> you piece me over the head with their didgeridoo. <laughs> I'm breaking up all the cliches, mate. Yeah, yeah. Not to... Not to uh, uh, discriminate against our indigenous friends. I'm sure they will not <laughs> indeed rob you with a didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm such an idiot. But, All right, what's this wrestling story you would like to chat about, good sir? Um, so I'm just wanting to continue down this list of fallout from, from Bola. I mean, aside from my just shock and, and uh, scaredness going into this, this New York trip, but I'm like, isn't that fucked that like, we have to start preparing now? It's like that's. It feels like it's a year away, but it's really not. I mean, what do we got? Like six yeah. months away? I don't know. Sure. Either way, it feels very, very close, and like I have to get flights and all that stuff. Ah, Are you, scared. Is uh, Courtney going to be joining you on this trip or not? Yeah, yeah. She's never been to New York before, so um, we're just going to do a quick one over this time. I think like just being actually in New York for like a week, like a couple of days before the shows, and then um, jet out on the the Monday morning or something like that. I think that'll be the way Probably to go. Probably looking at more like a, a four-day, like maybe a day before the wrestling stuff goes down and then, you know, those four days. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd work. But, yeah, when anywhere from, from that Thursday through uh, the sun, through the Saturday, we're going to be dead. There's going to be so many fucking shows. Yes, sir. But I, I look forward to it as well because we we are, you know, both, both uh, enjoy that hashtag dumbness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, next up, 
the story apart after you know Joey's really unfortunate uh, injury the big ones right now are Robbie Eagles and Shingo uh in New Japan now what so good very excited I'm so happy for both very of them awesome. hey I mean uh, I was a little bit torn on the Shingo thing cuz I was so excited for his um his freelance run that that was all we were mm. talking about the whole uh, whole weekend. You know, Shingo's freelance now. Is he going to do all Japan? Is he going to do big Japan? Maybe he might be in Noah. I just can't wait to see Shingo in all these places. Nope, finishes up one day on a, a show at uh, I think it was Hakata Star Lanes down in Fukuoka for Dragon Gate, where he had his uh, his farewell match uh, against his longtime rival BB Hulk. Um, I've enjoyed many of their matches over the years. I actually got to see one in person at Corican Hall. That was wonderful. Uh, but yeah, then, uh, you know, where's he going to be? And then next night, just turns up as the newest member of LIJ in uh, New Japan. As a junior, shockingly. That was the biggest surprise of it to me. I almost think that's a bit of a, a waste in my mind of a guy in Shingo that to me, I don't know if this might draw a little bit of... Um, ire of, of some New Japan fans out there. I honestly think Shingo is as good, if not better, than like most of the headlining New Japan guys right now. I mean, yeah, no, what do you think? I mean, hard to argue, hard to argue, and I appreciate the use of ire, because that's when you were the sentence you were setting up, and I'm like, this motherfucker is going to say ire, and you said ire, <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, he said ire. But uh, no, dude, Shingo is, is tremendous, uh, and clearly... My feelings, if they put them in a high position in such a elevated group, clearly they have plans for this guy. Mm. Um, and much like Robbie Eagles, like I, I don't not following the product as strongly. I don't know what this new smaller firing squad bullet club, how much traction it's getting, but it definitely is a good fit for Robbie. I mean, like you can't go wrong with being part of bullet club which essentially is one of the hottest properties going in all of wrestling yeah i mean it's a good um spot for him to slot into as a bit of a you know question mark unknown guy you know i think um taiji ishimori really benefited from going into that that bullet club crew right out of the gate um for his his great heel junior run that he's had uh there so far I don't know when i first heard it i was like oh i see what they did there with the the robbie eagles um, cause he's like the, the, what is it? The assassin of the skies or something like that. And so I was like, oh yeah, he's part of the firing squad. I see the, 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 you know, um, play on words that they're going with here. But to me, like from what he's shown in PWG so far, I'm just seeing Robbie locally. He's probably one of the best baby faces you would see out there. Just like a pure baby face. I mean, you just meet the guy in person and he's just got such a nice guy face that it's like, I could not ever imagine thinking any ill um, feelings towards you, sir. You're just, just a, a fucking sweetheart in every way. And, you know, friends <laughs> friends of friends of, of his have, have shared the, the same thing to me. Uh, just nicest guy in the history of the world. So, again, I can't begin to imagine him in the the, the big thing of the, the um, firing squad thing is they're like the real heel bullet club. You know, they're the ones with the actual heat. They're probably the only actual heels in New Japan right now, to be honest. Um, I can't imagine Robbie being a, a heel at this point. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm give, doing him a disservice on this awesome heel uh, thing that he's going to do with this. But to me, I can't even picture it. 
Brother, I 100% feel you, but here's my aspect on that is mm -hmm. clearly he has such a amazing offense. Like the shit he does in ring is f so flashy. Oh, yeah. Cle he's going to get over as a babyface. Like it's going to be one of the things where him and Taji are going to be as a tag team super over the hot property of that group, um, where eventually they may even, if not break away individually, but break away totally from that group. Uh, it, I, Robbie. Unless he totally changes his style where he's not doing super amazing shit and just breaks it down, you know, uh, slow paced. I that's the thing you're wrestling. Like, you know, you when you start working heel, you're gonna bring down some of that flashy shit that everyone seems to pop for because you're not trying to make motherfuckers pop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I wanted to make mention I think this has been the sleeper thing of the whole Ebola. But that match that Robbie had with Shingo on night three was like one of the best 10-minute matches I've seen in my life. That was just fantastic in every single way. And, and you're, you're right, 100%. His offense and like just his exciting wrestling style is uh, like so high-end to where I'm thinking that's what's, you know, regardless of you know how much of a mean guy heel he is or whatever, like that just top-tier work and offense and, and uh, exciting ring style is going to carry him to the top of the wrestling world in my view i i might be over assuming but that could that mean that could be what they're setting up like they know that this style is going to get him over as a baby face so eventually they're going to have to turn the guy like it could be the case and how quickly to heat up a property that you're bringing in then putting him in with the bullet club and then eventually have him be the guy who breaks away from the bullet club again over assuming things but i mean it's so I, weird I, I just, thinking of that, that tag out. team though like if it's him and ishimori who yeah. are two again the most flashy like exciting style wrestlers going like if they're heels in a junior tag division like how are you cheering against all of the craziness that they're going to be bringing to a match you know i can't think of a more flashy tag team i mean how do you put that up against like uh uh, who are the 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 uh, Rapongi two point oh uh, yeah. with with Yo and Show? I mean, I love those guys; they're awesome. But I think it would almost like do a disservice to them for them to try to keep up with these dudes, you know. But eventually, like clearly, like the angle with Tama is he was he began to become jealous of the spotlight and the attention that everyone else was getting, so that could devolve from there. Like they see Taji and. Fucking Robbie Eagles getting over, uh, even though they're heels and getting these big baby face pops. They're like, well, they're getting more shine than us. Let's fucking cut bait on these fucks too. I don't yeah. know. There's so many opportunities there. I, I I'm really excited about because I liked Robbie. Like like you said, like his his showing the week in Ebola was tremendous. The match with Shingo, fucking great. So yeah, I, there's so many exciting opportunities by these developments in New Japan. Not necessarily independent show. But you know what we're getting at. These are independent talents all of a sudden in some big elevated spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like this is the time of year where New Japan sort of really gets all those guns cocked and loaded and uh, ready for, for Wrestle Kingdom. So it's a pretty exciting time. Like the, the road to Wrestle Kingdom is kind of like really, really happening right now. I mean, I'm, I'm still quite a bit behind myself. Like that, that G1 just like. That <laughs> that took me out, brother. You know, I was like, so all right. I don't think I can watch any New Japan for a good couple months now. So I'm still <laughs> still reeling a little bit. Um, 
I'm actually watching a lot of other Japanese wrestling instead of watching New Japan. I really need to get caught back up with New Japan because apparently a lot of great stuff's happened. But um, too much good wrestling to keep up with, brother. Jeez. I hear you. I hear you. What's one to yeah, do? I, I've been I've been watching. Believe it or not, I've been trying to keep faithful to at least a lot of the angles and shit that's going on with uh, Impact. And, dude, the stuff, the people that they're bringing in, it's crazy. Like, the most recent show had uh, Jack Evans and fucking Puma King. That's awesome. Both in the same segment. Like, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and Scarlet Badeau, the smoke show. Mm. Oh, yes. Yes, I've, I've seen a Tasty. little bit of this. Tasty. Mm. But, yeah. Mm. Elegant. Oh, man. Amazing, dude. They're so... Impact is going kind of back to where they started, like being almost a super indie, but on TV, yeah. grabbing any guy who doesn't have a contract that says they can't work any other TV and getting them on TV. I mean, yeah. it's a great I formula. Mean, the strength of that promotion from like that, that real peak, like 2003, 2004, 2005 period that we're sort of talking about here, where they were just like killing it with all those like all killer, no filler pay-per-views. I mean, they still had Jeff Jarrett in the main event, but I love me some Jeff Jarrett, so I didn't complain about that. But the yeah, stroke. yeah, the stroke, the guitar, like, come on, man, coming out to that sweet Kid Rock song in WCW. <laughs> oh my God, um, Jeff Jarrett and I, tangent, but Jeff Jarrett in WCW, so great. The NWO Silver or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> With the Harris so, boys. Yeah, <laughs> and Nash. Oh, God. And who, Bret Hart. Like, oh, my God. Like, Stop. You're riding this horse too hard. It's been beat to death, guys. Knock it off. Oh, but I, I love wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you go, baby. <laughs> A little bit of a run in there from Jeff Jarrett's theme music. Hope everyone enjoyed that. I bet they did. I bet they did. Oh my god. Jeff Jarrett, the guy who went from uh, holding out because he didn't want a fucking job to China, <laughs> demanding more money, going to WCW, starting his own company, trying to get people to buy his cheap ass bootleg gold um, to. <laughs> <laughs> getting kicked out of the DNA again. Uh, the the story, the the career of Jeff Jarrett is honestly, if you look at it in a fucking grand scope, it's fucking ridiculous. It is, and he's like relevant again. I don't know if you heard about his involvement and um, AAA. Uh, uh, well, that yeah, he's like was AAA oh, champion. The uh, no, I was gonna say the um, the NWA uh, anniversary show. Apparently, him and GWF have a bit to do with uh, with the putting together of that with uh, Billy Corgan. Oh, God. Oh, man. Too much Jeff Jarrett talk. Let's knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by his, uh, on, on Triple Mania this, this past year, uh, the, the, the title match where Jeff was defending the uh, AAA Super Mega Ultra Heavyweight Championship. It's like a four-way. It was great. For for what it was, it was perfect. It was probably my favorite match on that entire show. So Jeff Jarrett keeping up the fucking good work in 2018. Holler out my boy. Right on. Yeah. Um. Fucking what were we talking about? <laughs> Why did we talk about? We were talking about TNA. Yep. 
Oh yeah, um, but how good TNA is uh, lately? I haven't even gotten back on that train, despite hearing all that good good talk coming out of like Slammiversary was where it sounded like they really got their shit together, right? And ever since, I've heard really good things, but with the amount of wrestling out there, I haven't even been able to watch it. So uh, I feel you. Too much, to, but props to you, man, for for getting into it. So what what do we need to if we're just trying to give a bit of a, a glimpse or tune into the good stuff? Uh, what are the, the, the big sort of um, highlights to look out for? I mean, I've heard the LAX feud with the OG LAX has been pretty good. That was hot. Uh, they kind of, It kind of got kind of silly when they ran over a kid, but still I saw pretty, that. pretty interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, the, a, a child really died. Hot... <laughs> yes, the kid's dead. Uh, and I, I don't know if the kid... Actually, I don't know if the kid dead, but I do know for a fact that King said... He wished the kid died or some shit like that, uh, which is exciting. And then they had like a sit down with which looked like Italian gangsters, which I didn't know why they were over the Latino gang. I don't so know. So was this it's... Eddie going to the the Italian mafia to get the inside scoop on Conan or what's? No, there was like a ceasefire, like a sit down with like the mob. I. I'm not <laughs> sure, man. It was pretty cool. Though. These I pre tapes are pretty pretty rad. Like, sort of yeah. echoing that feel of, like, Lucha Underground, but doing it with a bit of a different vibe with, with Conan. I really like it. And, yeah, and not Eddie Kingston's been great, not too. Not tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then a lot of the cool angles kind of got all rolled up together when Moose and uh, Austin Aries and Killer Cross all kind of joined together, which they had all different storylines going on. They're like, hey, man, these guys are all hot. Let's put them together. Which, mm. I mean, I like Killer Cross, and I like Austin Aries, and Moose is pretty awesome, and I see a bright future for them, so it could be fun. And then Eddie er- Eddie Edwards is like a crazy asshole now because he was drawn into some vicious feud and lost his fucking shit, and I like seeing Eddie show a lot of character. So, yeah, man, Impact is fucking fun. To me, Eddie's character kind of felt like a bit of a Tommy Dreamer ECW vibe, so he's like sort of the, the Bruce Willis, like uh, Mr. Everyman with just this craziness going on around him, and he's just sort of, like, reacting to it, like with the Sammy Callahan thing and, and all that. So, I mean, is he still sort of that guy, or he's kind of got fucked up because of it? Oh, completely. Even Tommy Dreamer was brought into that angle, believe it or not. So uh-huh. Tommy Dreamer came and said, Hey, Eddie, you're losing your shit. Maybe going a little out of line. And uh, Eddie's like, Hey, man, fuck you, Tommy Dreamer. Ooh. I don't give a fuck. I am not out of control. And yeah, you know when people are when people say you're crazy and you do crazy shit, it only reinforces that whole crazy thing. It's true, it's true. And I mean, the other thing that I see in uh, Impact Wrestling right now, this is great. That relationship with uh, Lucha Underground and AAA, and just all these like hmm. awesome top flight luchadors coming through, and just yeah, the the flexibility of them being like, you know what, you don't have to be on contract to be on our TV. You're just gonna be on a show. I think they had like some shows actually taped from Mexico recently as well. I'm very La excited. Parka. La Parka was on the most recent show. Dude. Oh, the fake La Parka. Oh, is it L.A. Park or La Parka? Like, a, like, which one? No, I heard a story that they like a had. Third guy? They had the the AAA La Parka, who's the the fake La Parka. Once um, L.A. Park uh, left, and then Antonio Pena was like, you know what? I'm just going to create a new La Parka, and these idiot fans won't even know the difference. More, ha 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 ha, and they didn't for like ten years. Um, <laughs> he was right. Uh, but yeah, then eventually people caught up to speed. Um, but yeah, so LA Park is the original, more violent, more real, uh, 
uh, exciting, better wrestler, better better all round. WCW. Yeah, yeah, the one from WCW, uh, ECW, like all of that, MLW even. Um, but yeah, so this one that was on Impact was the the, the you know knockoff La Parker. Um, oh, and apparently the crowd were like chanting LA Park at him, which is basically they're chanting for the real one and, you know, telling him that he's a fraud. And yes. apparently the production staff didn't actually know that that was like an insult to him. They thought it was like they were chanting for him. So they were like zooming in on fans, like chanting LA Park when they're trying to get this guy oh over as God, like a baby face. <laughs> I giggled when I read that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> I want to check out me some in, Impact Wrestling. And I think this is a little exciting thing here. Hopefully some other people uh, do as well. See what you've been missing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then, of course, we had to make mention of uh, our boy Jeff Cobb. Uh, the I, I don't think it's, it's you know, uh, an issue in, in putting out spoilers here. Uh, I guess given that we, like, hold the winner of it on our show immediately after, but Jeff Cobb was the winner of this year's battle of Los Angeles. We're all very, very happy about that. And he's uh, gone on to ROH. Which I, think I actually did yep. call. I did initially call on our show, but I also immediately caveated that he probably wouldn't because he already contract, but apparently I was wrong. Apparently he's just working for ROH. There might not actually be some sort of real contract that's stipulated he can't work any other shit so i don't know well yeah i mean that might be another case of roh being a bit more flexible with their contracts um than uh, what they may have in the past but i mean they seem like they're all in on him he won the the tv title uh recently from punishment martinez who himself is on the way out of roh to head to the the new york territory um doing the jab yeah, but I was yeah, real happy to read that, and again, I, I can't wait to see uh, more of, of Jeff Cobb doing awesome shit in ROH. Uh, uh, ROH actually had another big-time independent signing recently. Did you hear about that? I may have, but nothing comes to mind. Please enlighten me. A uh, man familiar to some of our Evolve uh, watches or that, that whole WWN umbrella, really talented, underrated guy from Catchpoint, uh, that oh, being yes. Tracy Williams. Hot sauce. Yeah, hot sauce. Such a good guy, uh, very, very talented guy. Um, I saw they, they actually did a really nice goodbye to uh, Tracy. Uh, Gabe, I think, in one of the um, email thingos from uh, wwn they had a nice little thing of tracy won't be doing any more stuff but he was like such a good guy and one of the best guys you could ever have in your locker room and it was it was almost like a tear-jerking goodbye but it was really nice to see you know no sour grapes that type of thing and yeah i'm, I'm so stoked i think it's definitely a step up for him and I, I can't wait to see him mix it up there and i think roh is really building up some um actually good a good wrestling base i mean between you got guys um, like Jonathan Gresham, uh, like a Jeff Cobb, a Tracy Williams. Like this is a, a good wrestling base for the company. I'm I'm excited about it. And it's awesome to see Catchpoint, you know, showing up in so many places. We got Drew Gulak over here in the WWE. We got Tracy Williams in ROH, and of course, a strong Catchpoint contingent in Evolve. Mm, indeed, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see, and yeah. I, you know, we, we love uh, Jeff Cobb, but one of the funny things when I was like editing over that last episode and I was listening to our little 
a little schmoz uh, hello hello to to Jeff that we got on there, and him saying on night two when it's like oh you know wonder what you're gonna be doing next, and he's like gives this little like coy tongue in cheek like oh I don't know you know they they might call me up to tell me I'm I'm working tomorrow I don't know what's going on. Yep, motherfucker went on to win the whole thing. Because <laughs> I'm always the guy who says so. Just a couple more matches till you win this thing, is unless they call me and tell me differently. Yeah. Like, you're the best dude ever, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Such a yeah, sweet awesome. Yeah. Very, very happy for guy. Jeff. And yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in uh, ROH next. I mean, is this signing, you know, thing a bit of a, a sign of things to come on the maybe not having a lot of the current ROH crop under contract going into Madison Square Garden? Uh, I don't know. Definitely going to be interesting to see. Now, let me ask you your personal opinion. Mr. Mister Cobb is just two years my junior. Uh, I am 38 years old. He is 36. Do you think Mr. Cobb is too old to jump into the WWE uh, machine in the future? I mean, do you think ROH is the top prospect for Jeff? Like, is that... As far as, you know, he came into the Trump Top Prospect Tournament beating motherfuckers up. Is that as high a level as Jeff can go? Or do you think we have a potential of seeing a Jeff Cobb WWE run in the future? I, um, I don't know. It's tough because I, I definitely honest, don't. We're, I mean, we're just guys. Man, to me, I, I don't see WWE as necessarily the pinnacle of, of what a lot of people see it at. And, and where the, the momentum that ROH has, like if they can capitalize on this MSG run and, and get some sort of big uh, you know, TV deal or you know, something where they keep running these big arenas with the momentum that they have, um, I you know, could see that being a thing that's more attractive and more potential for a lot of guys than just getting lost in the cogs of that WWE system, especially for a guy like Jeff Cobb at the you moment. You say cogs or cogs? I would normally always be saying cogs, but I'm pretty sure I said Cobb. No, cogs. Cog. Cog or cogs. Oh, cog. Cobb. Cog. I thought you said cock. No. Yeah, apparently I'm always <laughs> talking about dick with you. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Um, but no, I think at the moment there's so many guys in the fucking NXT system. It's like if Jeff Cobb was to go there, it's almost like I feel like he'd be wasted and, and lost uh, to where I think uh, like a, a big, uh, you know, focused run in uh, ROH in a company that by the looks of it have a shit ton of faith in him. Um, I think that's a perfect place for him to be. Um, and who knows if, if he builds some momentum up, um, from being a a top guy there for a couple of years and then, you know, approaches that, that WWE run down the road, uh, maybe that'd be best for him. But I think right now, uh, ROH is definitely, uh, uh, at least in, in my, uh, opinion, a better place for him than, uh, being part of that, um, developmental NXT thing. You asked, you answered the question I didn't ask. I was simply asking if you thought he would ever be there, not if, WWE ah. was his best route now. So I uh, you've technically also answered the question I was asking. So yes, you think there's potential in the future. So cool. Let's Double point on. score. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um I mean finishing up uh I also wanted to make sure to make mention of our our other friend of the show, Carl, PCO, uh who again I, I thought he had an awesome performance in Bowler. Uh, both the the complete car wreck match uh, with uh, Brody 
and then uh, going into that awesome tag that he had on, on night three that I think everyone was just wowed by. Um, but uh, there was a really great um, PCO mini documentary that came out a few weeks ago. Did you get a chance to see that one? I have not. I have not. Well, I'd highly recommend it. It's a really easy, breezy watch. It's like 12 to 15 minutes, something like that. And it's just a, a great sort of overall view uh, of, of the story that we've, you know, told multiple times of his um, comeback, that, uh, you know, just career-making resurgence performance at Spring, ba- spring Break against Walter, uh, and then uh, the, the crazy uh, things that he's done ever since, and just the momentum and, and his thoughts behind it. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that he spoke about on the, the show that we had him on, but it was just really cool to sort of see that, uh, among the backdrop of him wheeling his his uh, worker bag into these little shows and just absolutely killing it in front of like crowds of fifty people and it's like why the fuck are you doing this at this age and it's like it, it's I don't know it was very very cool but one of the things that came out in that documentary was he said that he was actually uh, he's working with a, a fractured rib I believe so. I wouldn't be surprised if during that bowler performance he actually had jacked up ribs. But he's not human. He doesn't even have ribs. Yeah, right? Destro's, like, you know, got some some magic Metal going plating. on. Yeah, something. Injected well, some sort of man. green goo. That's wrestling. Fucking guys going out there and just working through the most excruciating shit. Broken ribs. I personally had the, uh, just cracked ribs, and that is fucking gnarly. So I can only imagine. Indeed. What was that zombie movie with the green goo in the syringe that would bring the people back to life? No idea, man. Fuck, it's off the end I of. Watch, I watch a lot of zombies. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's like one of the greatest uh, trashy zombie movies of the 80s. Probably behind Return to the Living Dead. I've always got to give that the, the top spot but yeah i'm just imagining destro there with this this big syringe full of weird uh revitalizing zombie goo that he he applies to to carl to just keep him going despite all of this <laughs> so uh i think there's one more congratulations that actually inspired me to maybe have this individual on as a future guest uh fucking aussie open yeah, Tag team champions of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about getting one Mark Davis Dunkzilla on the show? I think that could definitely be a thing. Uh, he, uh, he is one of my better uh, friends in the world. I, I really love me some um, Mark Davis, and I can't say enough good things about him. Um, yeah, he. I'll, I'll I'll see what he wants to do. Uh, sometimes, like it's. Um, I don't know. He he can like pulling teeth. Uh, not so much that. Like once he gets talking, he's happy. But I I don't know if like the the, the pressure of a interview type. Of, not the pressure, but I don't know. It might I put him in a weird him position. Down, get him and actually make him get, you know, to get him in a position. Busy man, busy man. Car- oh yeah, carousing, he's got so much stuff wrestling. going on. Um, so much success at the moment with Aussie Open. Uh, they were just over for the tag tournament in WXW in Germany as well, and did really well there. Um, yeah, every, every message that I, I get from the guy, it's like just doing this crazy thing happened and this crazy thing happened. And it's just like great to be almost living, uh, via him through this just 
insane point in his life. Like to, to look back on like a couple of years ago, he was in Australia thinking about doing this move to the UK and just seeing what shakes out. And um, yeah, Marty, uh, Martin's girl, Marty Skull was uh, the, the difference in making him actually do it. And he, he did it, and then it's just been, like, fucking amazing ever since. And, yeah, the latest highlight being doing that uh, crazy progress show at Wembley in front of, like, uh, almost 5,000 people. Well, like an independent in the UK. That's insane. Um, and, yeah, him and... Um, and Kyle? Yeah, him and Kyle, Kyle Fletcher winning the tag titles on uh, one of the, the biggest shows in the history of UK wrestling. It's so cool. It's, it's great. Yeah. Very, very happy. Uh, obviously very newsworthy as well. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Davis doing a little bit more stuff your way, potentially, in the future. See what's up. Very exciting. Well, yeah. hey, even if it's for like a fucking 20-minute chat, I'd love to get him on. Yeah, 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 for real. He's we definitely dis- been on my wish list for a while. His... Uh, his viewpoint of the whole Wale mania scenario with him listening <laughs> to some guy goes, hey, it's fucking Marty Scroll. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know Marty Scroll? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit him up. We'll see what we can do. Um, but I also uh, wanted to, speaking of, of WXW, um, they have announced a match coming up, which I'm insanely excited about. Uh PCO versus Ilya Dragunov. Who, Ilya was another guy that was just an insane standout from the, the weekend of Bowler. But I can only imagine, I don't think a ring can hold the intensity of both of those men. Do you? Yeah. No. I I like Ilya's uh, entrance. Like, I'm not sure. Like, a lot of guys do, like, a, a pose or a move or, a, a, like, a little kata type thing mm-hmm. when they stand in the ring. But Ilya's, like, pounding the mat three or four times and jumping up and spinning in a circle and just like the most intense motherfucker you ever seen in a wrestling ring. But then you have PCO, a guy who is like the steely gaze of a fucking killing machine. <laughs> I, you're right. Like the most intense pairing ever in a wrestling match. I think this may actually create a rift in the universe and a black hole scenario. Like as soon as they lock up, just they explode into a black hole and then the, you, world as we know it is sucked into it. I think that's the most likely um, result here. You know what? I And then Alex Wright will pop out of it and start doing his Alex <laughs> Wright. <laughs> please. Please. That's all I want. That's all I want. That'd be great. Yeah. And um, so the the GCW show where Joey got the injury, Live Fast, Die Young, I did give it a bit of a, a watch over the other night. Um, I had a couple of takeaways. It was a, a very, very fun watch. Um, again, as I mentioned, very cool venue. Uh, there's something about that New Jersey, Philly base of uh, of, of GCW maniacal fans. It, it's really, in a lot of ways, the closest thing that I've seen to that uh, rabid ECW um, ECW arena uh, crowd. Um, there's something about a vibe of, of Game Changer Wrestling to where it's just more indie wrestling than any other indie wrestling. I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm sort of getting at there? Oh, 100%. Like, especially with the takeaway of the comparison to ECW, it also reminds me of maybe 
uh, early ROH because uh, a lot of those ECW fans, hey, this is the product that I'm going to jump into now. So passionate, uh, really invested in wrestling, not like no nonsense. They're not going to deal with bullshit. So, yeah, it's it's a very, very similar vibe. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the, the amount of variety that you see on these shows. Um, and, uh, I mean, a dude like Nate Webb, like Spider Nate Webb, uh, coming out to his teenage dirtbag music, like still doing that from, like, speaking of, like, IWA Mid-South from, like, fucking 2003, like, straight up right there. Yeah, still does the exact same Did, entrance. Something that emphasizes that. Something that emphasizes that when I ran into Nate before seeing him on a couple of shows, so I like, yeah. I be like, wait a minute, are you fucking Nate Webb? <laughs> <laughs> like, he he is like an enigma. He's like everyone who has ever watched any independent wrestling from the 2000s has seen Nate Webb on a fucking show, and he has done something insane, which is a huge risk to his body. Yep. But the whole teenage dirtbag thing. When he came out at spring break and walked around for the whole fucking song, <laughs> I it never gets old. Oh, so good. And yeah, he, he looks like exactly the same. I mean, he's bald now, but he wears a do rag. Uh, but in every other sense, he's like the exact same guy. Oh, speaking of uh, Davis, uh, Davis as well shares our, um, our passion for Nate Webb and um, trying to get him over to the UK, which I'll very much. Uh, be happy if that happened. I think a dude like Nate Webb would just do so well over there. Um, but yeah, Nate Webb uh, had a, a fun little match, did his whole entrance and uh, did the the crowd surfing during his entrance, which I thought was awesome. Uh, pulled That's out amazing. some just insane moves to where you're like, yep, Nate Webb is still the exact same innovator that he was in IWA Mid-South. In... An innovator of violence, as they say. Mm, yes, indeed. Um, uh, other other highlights, um, just Nick Gage. I mean, they're his people in every way. Like, there's nothing like Nick Gage in wrestling. Um, it's the closest thing that you'll see to, like, Sandman or, like, New Jack or, like, Sabu. Like, that kind of maniacal love that that crowd had for this dude is, is what Nick Gage has with uh with the the GCW faithful and his whole uh MDK gang and I love everything about the presentation. Such a real Agreed. motherfucker. Like, if you are like personally not my style of wrestling, but if you go to a wrestling show and you see Nick Gage and you're by the end of his match and I'm saying that guy's fucking for real. Yep. <laughs> like, like, if, if that's not your takeaway, you're an asshole. Like again, I've said that before, but He's just so real. Uh, he may not go out there and do a bunch of fucking wrestling moves, but he, like your your takeaway is like, well, I saw a fucking fight, and that's the point of this whole shit. Yep, yep. And and on this show, he actually did do some wrestling. It was insane. He what? worked. Um, he defended the GCW title against Rich Swan, and they wrestled. Oh shit! And it was really that's good. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a, I think there was a table spot. The, the finish was like uh, Nick Gage gave him this sick, uh, like, sit-out pile driver through a table on the outside. Um, but apart from that, it was like all actual wrestling. And Nick, Nick Gage was keeping up with uh, with old Rich. It was great. So good to see. Fucking changing people's minds. 2018, how exciting. Yep, exactly. And then the the one of my favorite parts was at the end uh, after the match, he did this little Nick Gage speech, 
and um, he he was like, you know what? I'm, I love you guys. I love you, motherfuckers. I'm gonna I'm calling my son into the ring. It's my son's birthday today, and I want all you motherfuckers to wish him a, a happy fucking birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore dad. Yeah. Engage. And then his his lanky ass son gets in the the ring, and there's the crowd chants. Happy fucking birthday! Happy fucking birthday! Awesome! It was so good. It was such a touching little moment. And then this other gangly kid from the crowd, um, a bunch of the, the crowd were like, It's his birthday too! And then um, Nick Gage was like, Alright, you get in the ring too! And then this other gangly <laughs> kid gets in the ring, and then they sing happy fucking birthday to him as well. It was wonderful. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> feel, feel good moment. Of the show, for sure. Of the greatest way to end a show ever. <laughs> yeah. It's his birthday, too! <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the intermission was, again, spectacular, because... So I, I almost went to fast-forward through the intermission. I was like, oh, no, wait! And then I clicked on the, the first bit of the intermission, and they just had an extended, like, Bob Ross painting video. <laughs> it was like... The, what? It was like the best, best fucking thing. I was so happy. I was just hoping that would be the entire intermission, just like Bob How many Ross happy painting. Little trees did he paint? Yeah, my favorite takeaway of it was anybody can paint. All you need is a little love in your heart and some practice. Fantastic. He's not lying. He's yeah, not lying. that's true. Bob Ross brings those fucking truth bombs, guys. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, just went to a series of, of wacky, um, hilarious videos a la the, the Lost in New York. We had a, a dude gone through a drive-thru as uh, E.T. meets Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he's wearing like oh, the E.T. E. mask. E. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. Uh, there was this crazy, crazy Teddy Hart rambling promo that they prefaced it with and said, so this was when Ted was meant to cut a one-minute promo on Nick Gage building up to the next show. This is what happened. Then there's this just insane, uh, rambling twenty-minute promo from Twitty, Teddy Hart, just so nonsensical. Jumping from one—I mean, it's probably like a podcast, to be honest. Uh, just jumping from one topic to another, <laughs> making no sense. Just like it was—it was the best. I was thinking it's probably going to go like five minutes. Yeah, it, it felt like at least yeah, fifteen to twenty. It was amazing. He mentioned his uncle Brett. He did. He did indeed. <laughs> My uncle Brett. Yep, he also mentioned, like, Cena, like, shout-outs to Amazing Red, of all people. Uh, yeah, everything. He talked about everything and anything in wrestling of, yeah, from the early Eddie 2000s Hart, the only to guy now. Who tries to cut a promo and cuts a shoot interview. Yeah, but <laughs> that's basically what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much enjoyment out of it. So much love that's for awesome. Teddy Hart. Yeah, there's a rad uh, four-way fuckery match, which was pretty great, <laughs> between Gringo Loco, uh, KTB, Mark Travis, and Marco Stunt. Where Yeah, Marco Stunt, again, just as, as crazy and awesome as we remembered. Uh, many crazy spots where people almost died. Um, uh, and But the, the big standout, oh, there was also PCO and the, the different boy, Jimmy Lloyd. That was very fun. I enjoyed that from just a disaster perspective. And uh, Ted Hart and Jack Evans actually had an insane throwback match to just the, the spot fests that we love so much from the early 2000s. It was like a, a run-up 
spider German, like you know that sort of Shelton Benjamin spot where they run up for like a superplex, like oh, yeah, yeah. ran up and just like caught him in like a spider snap spider German. It was friggin' insane. It was like avalanche German, just like everything you can think of. Phoenix splashes. I highly recommend checking that that match out. Um, and and then yeah, obviously the the um, Joey and, and Psychosis match. Um, it, it was it was fun while it lasted before the the, the spot happened. Um, Psychosis would, was moving, you know, like a quite injured uh, Mexican man, uh, but you know, he was showing some stuff where he was surprising, surprising like what he could actually do and how fast he was moving on bits. Um, sort of brought back a bit of that extreme lucha style from uh, ECW in the mid '90s for those of us that remember appreciating that. Um, but yeah, overall it was quite fun until the the dive to the outside. Um, but I mean, I didn't know how long that Joey kept going. That was like the big thing in the match. He like sort of just kept going with it. And you saw him like trying to walk on the leg and then like, Oh no. Um, he gave him like a air raid crash, which is kind of insane to think about trying to do that with no legs. Um, and yeah, yeah he did like a super kick as the, the finish and as a bit sad because like he went for the super kick other leg just completely gave out so it was almost like a like a jumping kung fu kick kind of thing uh but yeah joey joey janela dragging out old wrestlers to embarrass them for the last couple years what a (laughs) dickhead (laughs) i was gonna say props to joey for for you know sticking it out finishing the match you know i know i'm just fucking around but yeah, it was it was very good, all in all, very fun. And then we got our our classic uh, Gonzo porn main event with uh, Eric Ryan and Schlack in just a EC, uh, yeah, probably like an ECW no ropes barbed wire throwback. I mean, personally, I still prefer the Sabu Terry Funk match, but this definitely brought all of its own variety of insanity too. I have been taught by the internet that I should hate Schlack. Um, but I've never experienced him wrestle, and I don't know him as a man, so I'm not sure how to take Schlack. He definitely looks like a guy that uh, goes to the beat of his own drum. Right on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're my sort of disparate thoughts through the show. Fun time was had, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, Game Changer Wrestling's next endeavors with LA Confidential. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Good times there. We'll make sure to give you our uh, our thoughts coming out of that one. There's no way that we're missing out on uh, Hardcore Holly versus Brody King. Fuck no. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, this has been a big one. Uh, we've got to the pointy end of the show. Uh, would you have any, any other things that you wanted to add there, sir? Um, no, no, sir. I think it's time to get into our plug Olas. Um, mm-hmm. first of all, I, my new plug, of course, is Without a Cause Pro Wrestling. Um, so look forward to that. I'll be talking about more of that in the future. Uh, already got some shows set up for, uh, I believe December or January, or late November and in, in January. So lots of cool talent going to be coming up to Pacific Northwest that we haven't seen at some of the other local promotions such as defy or three human battle. So that should be exciting. Um, also, if you need a t-shirt design, if you're a wrestling fan or a wrestler, I do designs for both and I charge all the same. So it's pretty fair. 
Uh, hit me up at James Vanderbeek, J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek, on Twitter, as well as the Instagram. Hit me up. Hit him up. He does very good work. I uh, always look forward to seeing the new shirt designs. If you are a worker or know a worker or are friends with a worker, or you just want a little something-something something, something for yourself, yes, sir. get it done. So uh, on to the other other remaining plugs uh chris things check check it out on the instagram um i'm having fun with a, a bunch of the stuff coming out of the wrestle rap art show uh that i most recently uh had the, the pleasure of doing out here in brisbane uh so you next can... time you gotta do cool mo d von i did a cool mo d it didn't have a sweet pun though so it was just cool mo d <laughs> in and of itself but <laughs> that's amazing awesome. yeah i missed it but okay. that would be a great pun in and of itself. We're getting the wrap-up music. Where's the bird coming up? <laughs> I don't think people can hear it back home, so I don't want to bring too much attention to it. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting the hint from uh, our, our theme music playing in the background. Uh, I did, however, want to again mention how appreciative we are of Social Suplex. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we wanted to, to give shout out to those guys, the Social Suplex Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, check them out. They've got all sorts of great shows. You know, One, Re- One Nation Radio, uh, with Rich Lada. We've got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. We've got the Outside. I like you're going to say One Race Radio. That's a show. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Shit. Man, that's that's next level. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll mute myself. Go on. Sorry. Keeping it strong style, hosted by uh, Jeremy and Josh Smith, and yeah, check it all out on uh, socialsuplex.com. And of course, uh, if you don't already, please follow us on uh, at, at Grown Men Pod on the Twitter. Uh, where else are you going to find the, the random things that, that we decide to share from time to time, uh, including that um, sweet excerpt of the amazing red uh, low-key match that we talked about earlier. Yes, So sir. I think that's about it, friend. Bearded, beautiful, that's me and Chris. Thanks for listening. Courtney, I don't know if you made it this far, but if you did, have a wonderful day, ma'am. Um, get swifty, everybody. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.